So little old me, who just wanted to conform, just wanted to be just nice and fit in everywhere. Now the Lord was saying, no, I don't want you to conform. I want you to be transformed. I want you to look so different than everybody else. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope found in Jesus. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. Today, we are bringing you a story from Fair Hope from one of our very own team members, Tracy Vandermeeden. And when I coached Tracy on her story, the thing she told me, I was like, well, that's amazing. That's amazing. You need to include this. Wow, that's wild. And so y'all are going to, I think, really enjoy this story. You know, this is actually one of those stories that after you coached, you texted Lindy and I was like, oh my gosh, you will not believe, you know, everything that Tracy, uh, the Lord told her and what she did. And, and, you know, really her story is a story for every person out there. Just this idea of trying to serve God and kind of living out of more of a service attitude versus an attitude of of relationship with Him. And that's what we always say Storytellers is about, going from religion to relationship. Her story is going to encourage you. It's going to challenge you for sure. And I can't wait for us to talk about it at the end. Katie and Robin, I can't believe it's May. (laughs) It's so hard to believe that we are sitting here staring at summer in the face. So if you were looking for a Bible study, maybe for a small group over the summer, maybe in a neighborhood small group, consider doing When God Shows Up, Stories of Freedom or Stories of Hope. Both are available in our shop on storytellerslive.org. Both of these studies are so easy to do. They're podcast driven, and you will learn so much as you build community with others around you. So again, you can order those today. Today on our website at storytellerslive.org. Here's Tracy. So I used to think that I didn't have a story because I think that Satan will use a normal childhood and a good upbringing to make you think that you don't have a story and you don't really need a relationship with him. I don't know how many of you were like that growing up, but I just, I grew up not knowing that I needed God, but I came to know later that I did need him very, very much. I hope that my story will be impactful and relatable to a lot of people in this room. So I'll start with my childhood. I grew up in a small town in Tennessee, mom and dad and three brothers, just pretty normal childhood. I remember going to church camp and distinctly looking into the bonfire they had that night and saying the youth pastor said do you want do you want to ask Jesus into your heart and I said yes I do and I want to be a light for him at my school and I was on fire and on Monday the fire went out (laughs) and the rest of my high school career I would say I wanted to be liked I wanted to be pretty I wanted to be skinny and I wanted just for everybody to like me A funny thing is, is when I was little also, I thought the worst thing in the world would be having to move. The one thing I didn't want, and I begged my parents all the time, don't ever make us move. And that's going to be something later. You'll see I move a lot in life. Um, It's one of the things that God will use in my life. Went to college, met my wonderful husband, Brett. Yeah, I'm going to kind of skip over a lot of that stuff. It's I have a lot of stories, y'all. I love stories, and I have a lot of stories, but I'm going to focus on one. And so pretty normal college, got married. We moved to Nashville. Early years of married life. 
I think that our early years of married life were kind of just like our our years early um, of dating. Just kind of we went to church and we thought we'd have kids, we thought we'd have jobs, but we still didn't really know the Lord. And so, as you can imagine, we had a lot of strife in our marriage. Um, it was not it was not easy, but luckily. Both of our parents modeled what it looked like to stay together through thick and thin. So that's kind of what we said we would do. It was at our first church in Nashville, Tennessee, that we started serving with the youth. It's where I got my love of serving with youth. I think I want to be around people younger than me so I can pretend like I'm young, um, (laughs) even though that ship has sailed. It's funny went to this church. We were serving with the youth. We were in a small group. We even served on leadership, but I still had never really opened up a Bible and I didn't know the Lord really for, for myself. I would say that for me, serving became a drug. The more I served, the more I wanted to be seen and noticed and thanked. I am a people pleaser to the core. And I love other people's approval. This is something I've struggled with and dealt with my whole life. Now I can see that serving the Lord is something that that we're called to do and that we want to do. But then I served so I could be seen and I could be noticed. It was during our time in Nashville where we had our two beautiful daughters, Abby and Avery, going from... Um, a worker to a full-time mom was was a challenge. I realized that I like to be in control and I like to have everything in a row, have just know everything. And once once you have kids, you know, you're no, you're no longer in control. My life looked very normal, but I was still striving to try to achieve something and I just felt unfulfilled, but I really didn't know what what that was. So we moved to Paducah, Kentucky around this time. So I've already moved to Nashville and Paducah now. Don't like moving. But right away, we new house, got the kids in preschool, start, started going to a church, um, got involved with the Sunday school class, and had a great circle of friends. Things were going pretty good. Okay. I was skinny. I was tan. <laughs> I had healthy kids and everything was perfect until it wasn't. We went out to eat one night and I remember we came home and we really weren't doing anything, but I began to feel like my heart was just pounding. And then I thought, well, is my shoulder sore and maybe my jaw is sore and I think I'm having a heart attack. And the more I thought that, the more my heart just was pounding more and more and more. And I couldn't make it stop no matter what I did. So I finally went to Brett. And this went on for about an hour or so. So I finally went to Brett and I said, I think we've got to go to the hospital. I think I'm having a heart attack. And he said, what? And I said, I know, I know. we got to get somewhere for the girls to go. We, We have to go to the hospital. We, we took the girls to the neighbor's house And we drove to the hospital. And the whole time, I'm begging God, please, please don't let me die. Because I literally thought I was about to die. So we get there, and the medical staff ran all their tests, and they came back to me with the following news. There's no cardiac problems. You've got some gallbladder stuff going on, but we think you've had a panic attack. And I said, 
go back to the gallbladder. I'm sure that's it. <laughs> and they said, well, blah, 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 you know. And, but, okay, so I thought, why would I have a panic attack? I literally have no reason to. I didn't understand why my body would do this to me, and I didn't understand what was happening. It was embarrassing. It was strange, and I did not understand. And I didn't know anybody this had ever happened to before. This was 15 years ago. Now I know a lot of people that are on medication for this kind of thing, but then I didn't know a soul. It wasn't really talked about as much then, and so... I felt isolated, I felt stupid, and I felt embarrassed because I was healthy, my kids were healthy, my husband had a good job. Why was this happening to me? Looking back, God was drawing me to him and I couldn't really see it yet. So what did I do? I medicated with alcohol. I hid my fears. I worked out. I dressed my girls in smock dresses. I was the room mother. I had play dates. I helped to lead and write a, v- a VBS curriculum at our church. And y'all, I still had not opened the Bible for myself ever. But thank goodness for women. Because some women invited me to a Beth Moore Bible study. And I was really busy, but I said yes. And so I was about 35 years old when I went to my very first Bible study. Because until then, I thought, I thought it was the preacher's job to teach me about the Bible. I didn't know it was my job to read it and learn anything for myself. I did end up getting, getting my gallbladder out. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I also got on anti, anti-anxiety medication at that time. And I kept that a big secret from everybody. Because I didn't want any, any, anyone to know. If, even like my mom and dad. Then we moved to Madison, Mississippi. I had a deep peace about moving. It was really kind of unexplainable. We went to several, several churches, ended up at Pine Lake Church, which I loved. But Brett, my husband, said, I'm not going to a church that meets at a high school and the preacher's on the screen. And luckily, he was wrong. Um... So we were there the first Sunday, and I noticed they had a ladies' Bible study in the little bulletin. And I circled it, brought it home, and I looked at it. It, it met at someone's house. And so I thought, I don't know. Is this weird? Probably. But I knew I had to go. Knew I had to go. So I thought, well, I'll call the lady that's having the Bible study. If she's weird, I'll just, I'll just hang up. Um, I, don't, I think this was maybe before cell phones, so maybe she wouldn't have my number. Um, so I called her, but she was super sweet. She was, she was not from Madison. So anyway, she said, please come, please come. So I went, we had, it was about 12 women there and we sat and we studied the Bible together. I'd already done my Beth Moore study. So I was kind of on a roll there. After we finished the Bible study, we kind of went around and they said, let's all say what the Lord is doing in our lives right now. And I thought, Lord have mercy, what am I going to say? I'm just barely getting to know God. I don't know what he's doing in my life. I mean, I just moved here. So it got to be my turn and just things just started flowing out of my mouth. I'm lonely. I'm new. I don't know anybody. Um, I don't really know the Lord. And 
So these ladies, these 12 ladies said, can we come lay hands on you and pray over you? I had not heard of that before. Um, I, was from a, I was from a Methodist church, and we just kind of, we just kind of went to, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so they came and they laid their hands on me and prayed for what felt like an hour, but probably about five, five minutes. And I felt God through their hands. I felt uplifted. I felt strong. I felt heard and I felt seen. I felt invited. I could not wait to get to know him better. It was around this time that I finally knew that God was writing my story and I had found a new boldness and purpose. In John 15, 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, you that you should go out and bear fruit and your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. He chose me. He had chosen me a long time ago. And I finally turned around and chose him back. Over the next few years, I began to devour Bible studies, books. I learned a new way of journaling. Um, I began to read a book called The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy O. Martin. Or Martian. I don't know how to say her name. Um, what's funny is somebody had given me that book 10, 10 years and I had not ever read it. But it was about that time I started reading it and through another story that I'm not going to share. Brett finally came to know the Lord like I did. And we were baptized together on August 29th of 2010 at Pine Lake Church. I was building a relationship with the Lord. There were still a lot of bumps along the way. and But I knew where to lean in at hard times. I still battled anxiety, especially at night. I just knew that I was going to die and I was going to leave my girls motherless. That's, that's what it did to me. And I know it does all kinds of things to all kinds of people, but anxiety for me was really nuts. It was, it was just the worst at night. And, um, and I was kind of powerless to stop it. So I think someone told me this and I started trying it. But I would open up the Bible at night to Psalm 91, and I would sleep with my Bible underneath uh, my pillow. And y'all, Psalm 91 says, and I clung to this, He would cover me with his feathers, and under his wings I will find refuge. And he will command his angels to guard me, and you will not fear the terror of, of the night. And I, and I just prayed that these words would seep, would seep into my brain and block out Satan's words. Um, now this was a growing time in my life. I was still struggling, but the Lord was giving me a boldness and I began to realize his purpose more and more in my life. He, he began to speak to me about not being conformed to this world. I ended up going on a mission trip and came back from that mission trip extremely burdened by the fact that I felt like we had too much and we never said no to anything. And so my husband and I began to talk about what would it look like if we said no to worldly stuff to say yes to stuff that God wants us to say yes to. So that started No Frills February. I know some of you have heard of this, but, and it's really kind of a long story, but I'm going to make it short. 
So basically for the month of February, we said no to every worldly thing. Going to out to eat, going to get coffee, going to birthday parties, going to and this this, you know, at this time our kids were kind of little, so we had to kind of explain to them that we were going to sacrifice for one month so we could save the money and give to someone who needed it. So um, kind of our verse for this was, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect and the perfect will of God. Romans twelve two. So little old me who just wanted to conform just wanted to be just nice and fit in ever, everywhere. Now the Lord was saying, no, I don't want you to conform. I want you to be transformed. I want you to look so different than everybody else. And y'all, the first day of February, my flat iron broke. And um, <laughs> so, so the curly haired girls get this. So I straightened my hair to curl it. Like, the, it's just weird. It's just weird. Um, so I had to call. I, I knew. I was like, I can't go buy a flat iron because I'm not supposed to. So I called a friend and I said, um, can I borrow your flat iron for the next month? And she said, why? I said, well, we're doing this thing called No Frills February. So anyway, we had a, we had a lot of chances to kind of explain what, what we were doing and I found that the more the Lord humbles me, the more I learn from it. It's not fun in the moment, but those months were the most beautiful months that we had. So then we moved to Fair Hope. This was our third big move. So I sort of knew what to do. Get the girls settled, find a church, find a women's Bible study. So we did all those things and I joined a group through school called Parents in Prayer. And it was through through this group that I found a boldness. Still, it's like God was putting his hand in me, stirring every everything around and then saying, you're going to be bold. You're, you're going to do what I say, even though you don't want to. So Abby was in the ninth grade and things were not easy for ninth, for ninth graders. If you have a ninth grader, you still know. It's just a weird year. So somehow I got the boldness to either text or email every, every single parent in ninth grade and say, hey, do you want to meet me and pray over our kids? I'm sure some got the text and thought, well, she's weird, but that did not stop me. And um, also the night before we met, I got this idea to write everyone's name on this big scroll, all the, all the ninth graders. And so I took a brown piece of paper and I wrote out everyone's name. And my thought was, you know, we'll bring it to each time we meet and pray and we'll lay hands on these names and pray over these kids. And I looked for that scroll to bring it tonight, but I can't find it anywhere. We did that for four years. We prayed. We met every Monday and prayed over these kids. And Abby ended up leaving that class. But the Lord said, stay faithful, be faithful. It was just a beautiful time. And I think that women will carry you through. The, the Lord will carry you through. But in my life, women and prayer partners have been such, such a blessing to me. It was in Fair Hope that I began to discover another one of my unique things that God has gifted me with. 
And that is the gift of inclusion and to connect other people. I, I believe that when God moved me so many times and let me be lonely so many times, that, that he gave me eyes to see anyone in the room that is lonely, not included, or needs help in some sort of way. And I just have x-ray vision for that. I don't know why. If somebody else may have some other gift, that's mine. It brings me a great, great um, happiness and joy to, to find two people that need each other and connect them. I love it. I found that the more I ask the Lord to speak to me, the more that he will. Um, at one time, I felt like the Lord was saying, you're too comfortable. You're not really growing in your faith. And a wise man had told us one time, there's no growth in the comfort zone and no comfort in the growth zone. So about this time, Brett and I went to a Winshape marriage conference, and I left there just knowing that God wanted me to work at (laughs) Chick-fil-A. So, what do you think I did? I had no restaurant experience, and I fully expected just to work behind the counter and just to punch the buttons and, and do that. But for some reason, they let... They let me be the catering manager. That job humbled me. It humbled me and blessed me. The people that I worked with there were not from the same life circumstances as me. I realized I was born on third base. It was just, it was just a humbling time. So anyway, that's, that's a whole other podcast too, probably. Okay, where, where am I now? Let's land, let's land the plane. Um, I'm resting in him. I'm in counseling. I'm listening to him. I'm still on medication. I find a lot of peace in him. I'm leading and mentoring others. My life is not perfect, but I, but I do have peace. I try to discern what, what he wants me to do in my life. And this is kind of my life verse. And it's Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. And it says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in love, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's my story. You know, once again, Tracy's story was one of those that we just now before we hit record just had so many different tidbits that yeah. we that we learned from her one thing that i said was just this concept well first of all she was a people pleaser right and and i relate <laughs> I think we can all relate <laughs> yes i relate to that but just how service became like a drug for her that the more she served the more she wanted to be thanked mm-hmm. for what she was doing and how she loved other people's approval and it was funny because even as she moved to different cities like her first thing was to get involved in church mm-hmm. you know right. she was she was right there in church but it was really more about i want to serve to get this approval from the people around me versus you know positioning her heart before the lord and doing it for him which she finally got to you know once she moved really to madison yeah you know i think it's so easy for any of us to find ourselves there where you serve and give and do and all of a sudden you're like well i left god yeah. three years back mm-hmm. and I'm doing all of this in his name on my own mm-hmm. and I've never opened my Bible yes mm-hmm. and I think we could very easily find ourselves there and you know we talked it, Lindy you even said you know this is early May 
we can find ourselves here in early May Mm -hmm. very easily with going and doing and being so busy, even doing end of the year church stuff or whatever, and not ever really including the Lord. Yeah. And I I mean, I think honestly, for me in particular, that can even go into just my daily quiet time with the Lord of just checking off the box of, oh, I'm going through my one-year Bible, I'm reading my content, but I'm not sitting and spending time listening to Him and talking with Him. And that really is where transformation happens. It's not about, you know, getting all of this knowledge from reading the Bible. It's really about spending that one-on-one time with Him and listening to where He's calling you to do things. And that, that was another large part of her story as well. Well, and you could see Tracy's story unfolding and how the Lord was transforming her. It spoke to me that that she was so ashamed of her anxiety mm. when she had the panic attack. I, w- I didn't want to confront it. I wanted to, she said, I started exercising more. I started drinking more to try to cover yeah. it up. And you could really hear as her story unfolded that the Lord brought her so much freedom. And I think when she was moving from city to city and she was trying to get involved in a church, which is great, a great place to meet people. But it was because she craved connection. And then later on, she realized the Lord has gifted me with a passion for connecting others. And so all of that connects so beautifully. And it's, it's just evidence of how the Lord transformed her heart. And now she can speak to it and help other people. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things you were saying, yes, she, she would immediately try to find a church, but it was really in a small group mm-hmm. yeah. that she found you know, transformation because she was in Madison, I believe, and those sweet women laid hands on her because she spoke about not really knowing the Mm -hmm. Lord and and they laid hands on her. And that's really, I feel like in her story, that was really a big shift. That was her transformation. That was her shift Mm -hmm. of just like, Mm -hmm. okay, Lord, I feel like I know you more. I want want to know you more. I don't want to just be serving you. I want to know you. And it was just such a big change for her. And, you know, if you're listening today and you're finding yourself really resonating with Tracy and and going, that might be me. I wrote this question down that they asked her in that small group, and they said, what has God been doing in your life this mm. week? And she said, I had no idea. <laughs> and if that's you, ask yourself that question today. Mm. Sit down. Journal. And journal just, about yeah, it. You know, I love to journal. Mm-hmm. Sit down and say, God, what have you been doing? Because most of us, Katie, like you were saying, don't take the time to sit down and listen and reflect. And it's huge in change. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk just a (laughs) a little bit about the No Frills February. Uh, I thought, oh my gosh, I I really, I wish I would have done that when my kids were younger. There was a time when our children were in elementary school that we did Thankful November and we would hit it hard in the first (laughs) couple of weeks and they knew that we weren't going out to to eat. They knew that we weren't purchasing anything. And and then by Thanksgiving, you know, as we were getting ready for the holidays, it it went to the wayside. But I I love the concept. It was just a big Mm -hmm. challenge. I thought, I mean, and just a great concept of just picking a month and choosing to just not do anything, to just be content with what we have. And and how funny it was that she said her flat iron broke, you know, that first day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I love that. And for somebody that that is such a people pleaser and cares about what other people think, and this is so counterculture, I love that God used that one thing to open the door to to so much in their life being counterculture. When she, when I was coaching her on the phone, I thought, she, and she talked about working at Chick-fil-A. I was like, can I we just that. make that one thing their whole story? Because <laughs> I, I hit rewind. I had to listen to that twice. What? I was like, did she just say she went to work at Chick-fil-A? Like what? Think of how much you learn from that. Mm-hmm. Just putting yourself outside of the comfort zone when she said no growth in the comfort zone and no comfort in the growth zone Mm -hmm. what if we lived our lives Mm -hmm. that way 
This is such a radical transformation start to finish in her story. And, you know, even just, I just was amazed that the Lord laid on her heart to pray over every ninth grader. It like she found out every phone number to text the parents and pray over every single ninth grader. And then prayed over them throughout their whole high school Mm -hmm. years Mm -hmm. of just how often God lays things like that on our heart Mm -hmm. and we just don't follow through with it. And I was like, Tracy, you go girl (laughs) for like taking that extra step and really doing that. And again, it goes back to what you just said, this whole idea of there's no uh, growth in the comfort zone. That didn't have to be, that that had to be uncomfortable for her to try to get in touch with all of these parents. First of all, Mm -hmm. you don't know if they're Christians, you don't know what they're going to, what their reaction is going to be to you, but just how that helped her to grow. And, um, and again, Lindy, like you were saying, the whole idea of Chick-fil-A and how it gave her that perspective. A perspective of, hey, I was born on third base compared yes. to all of I love yes. that analogy. I was born on third base compared to the, the other people that she was working with. Well, and in our comfortable lives, we're not around people who are different from us. Yeah. We Most of us live in a bubble, and we surround our, ourselves with people who are just like us because it's comfortable. Yeah. And so I love that the Lord called her out of that. And you can tell she has a passion for it. Yeah. 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 Oh, there's so much. There, there's so <laughs> much. Pick. I mean, yeah. just pick what you want to challenge you this mm-hmm. week because there are so many things to choose from whether it's finding God in your week whether it's getting out of your comfort zone whether it's praying for the people in your children's school there's just so many different opportunities and challenges in Tracy's story that as we go into May and the busy busy season that it is we want to encourage you all to just pick one area to focus on with the Lord through this story. And we are so thankful to Tracy for sharing. Thank you all for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. If you listen, I know that you may hear people say this. It truly makes a difference when you leave reviews on Apple and you rate our podcast. It helps people to find our stories. You wouldn't believe how many people we hear from that found us through Apple podcasts. And so we really appreciate it when you do that. Next week, we have a story from a mom about her son and the life that they have lived. And so we are looking forward to Jamie's story next week. And we will talk to you soon. Bye.